Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Sunny Mary Metal Podcast. I'm your host, Liz Fiddler. And in today's episode, I am going to really dig deep into the book I just published, Cut Flower Crop Planner and Journal. It really is more of a workbook, but yeah, it's an actual published book. It has an ISBN number, it's copyrighted, it's done through an actual publisher, and I'm really, really excited about it because it wasn't a book that I really planned. In fact, I've been writing a book for intentionally writing it for like two and a half years, a different book. And I just laugh at how quickly this one got published. And because I self-published my children's book, and this one just kind of came together very quickly, even though I've been probably writing it in my head for about four years of exactly what I needed. Uh, So the information was there. It's just it came together quite quickly. So first of all, head to the episode notes to find more information on where you can get it. And I'm just sharing basically what the journal and planner is. And I promise I I am not trying to sound salesy. And I I promise like, buy it or don't. I I hate to say I really don't care. But I do care. I would love for you to buy it. I would love for you to support it. I would love you for you to, you know, support the podcast. But if it's not for you, it's not for you. And that's okay. But maybe you can get some tips and tricks how to get organized. And maybe you're like, eh, I don't I don't need a whole journal. I already have a system in place. But a couple of the things that I suggest might be relevant or useful to you. And so, you know, go ahead and maybe those tips and tricks will be helpful. So even if you're not going to plan to buy the journal, you can still use this to get organized in the new year. I was actually trying to make something for myself on Canva to design and print and started telling a couple other people about it. And they were asking if they could have a copy and that's where it kind of exploded. So I asked my friend Allison to originally make this as an ebook for myself and maybe a few others, um, just have her design it. And I was like, how much would it cost to pay you to hourly design this entire book? And, you know, maybe we could split the cost between, you know, my friends and I. And then after doing a bit of asking around, we realized what a huge need this is for whether it's a hobby or a business, the cut flower industry, world, whatever is exploding. So I found myself needing a way to make crop planning and farm journaling more streamlined. So I had spreadsheets, I had notebooks, notes in my phone, post-its all over my desk. I realized that I was making the same mistakes year after year, always forgetting to fertilize as regularly as I should, not adding support netting early enough and frantically labeling my dahlias the week that frost was going to hit. I was sick of being reactionary in my business and it was time to be more proactive. So I needed a place to plan record and reflect on everything in my business. It needed to be easy to do during the busiest months of the season, or let's face it, it would just be another thing on my to-do list that would be the first to go. So taking notes during the season is so critical for making these efficiency changes and getting the most profitability out of your cut flower business or even your hobby. Even if you're not selling this to make a profit, you still don't want to be wasting time, wasting money on the same mistakes over and over again, okay? So I hosted a Zoom webinar and had about 110 people sign up, and which was insane. Most of these people were strangers from like random cut flower Facebook groups to like 
volunteer to come to a webinar to hear about the planning of, you know, the focus group of a journal. There were about 60 people that actually got on the Zoom call, which again, I got tons of good feedback and we implemented some of the changes. So like anything that I do, I know that this product is not going to be for everyone because if you try to please everyone, you're going to end up pleasing nobody. So some people on the call were incredibly specific in how they wanted me to make changes in the journal. And everyone was incredibly kind. So if you're listening to this, you know, don't don't take it the wrong way. I really appreciated the feedback, but I had to see like you know, is this something everybody wants or is it really only a few opinionated people that really want it a certain way? Because overall, if someone is incredibly specific on how they want to take notes or keep track of their garden or their hobby farm or their business, this probably isn't for them because they probably already have a system down. So I did this with flower farmers and hobby growers and gardeners in mind, big or small, It can work for all because I have found that the larger quantity that people grow, it's usually the less variety. So a lot of big farms only grow to 10 to 20 things really well rather than the 50 flowers that I started with where you got to grow for everything. So there really is room for all of it. So I want to be able to have a place and reflect year after year all in the same spot. I want to see two or three years from now, I want to see how did I lay out the garden a couple years ago? And I want to remember when our last frost was. I want to know when the first dahlias bloomed. I want to see how many bouquets I sold at farmer's markets in July. I want to remind myself early to stay on top of the weeding or fertilizing or putting two layers on the lisianthus. And so this journal is broken in to multiple sections to really help those people that don't have a system in place. It's to help those people that, like me, you know, maybe they they just don't have, they know what they need to write down. They just need a place to do it. And so I have created that. So this journal is to broken into multiple sections. So it's four sections. So you're going to start with section one. You're going to fill all the pages out. And once you're done filling them out, you put them in section two, which is a monthly and weekly calendar. So, and then each weekly calendar has three boxes, to-do lists, a notes taking section and a blank section. And don't worry, I will get all through section two in a minute, but let me go through section one first. But keep in mind, section one is where you do the planning and you pre-schedule it into section two so that you actually do it. Because all the planning in the world doesn't mean crap unless you actually do it. So section one, first you're gonna go and fill out the frost dates. You're going to figure out your growing date, so your first last frost date and your first frost date. So usually I have, you know, May 15th to September 20th. So I get 100 growing days or whatever it might be for my heat-loving annuals. You're going to put out important last dates. So I have a place to put, you know, what is the date of 12 weeks before your typical last frost? So that way when you're going through and reading the seed starting packets, you know, okay, this is six weeks before last frost. This is eight weeks before last frost. Now you have a quick reference guide of when that is for you and you can customize that to you. And then I have a journal space for inventory, seeds, plugs, bulbs, tubers, whatever your custom needs are. This journal, it really can be customized. And I'm using the word journal, planner, workbook. It's all interchangeable, so don't get too confused. This workbook has prompts in it to help guide you, but again, there's a lot of fairly blank notebook paper. You can use it how you need. And then we have five pages for charts for seed starting. 
in trays. So you have the plant name, the variety, the start date, transplant date, and estimated bloom date. There is room to keep track of 75 different plants or trays depending on how you succession plant. And each tray wouldn't necessarily have to have its own line. If you have five trays of snapdragons, you could just put all three varieties in the same chart or not or whatever. But I really think there is plenty of space to get it all. And then there are also five pages for direct seeding and succession planting. So again, each chart, there's rows and columns. Each chart will have columns that say plant name and variety, days to maturity, date planted, quantity, and estimated bloom date. So again, the same 75 different lines along with room for notes at the bottom. In each of those charts, I have examples. So the seed starting one, for example, I have plant name, Potomac Snapdragon, varieties pink, quantity 500, start date February 12th, transplant date May 1st, estimated bloom date June 20th. You can go ahead and put those in there for every single one. And you can you don't have to put the estimated bloom date if you don't want to, but it's just good to know. And then the same thing with the direct seed or succession planting. These are things that you plant directly in the ground or you do multiple successions of it. So I have plant name or variety, pro-cut orange sunflower, days to maturity, 60, date planted, May 15th, seed quantity, 200, estimated bloom date, July 14th. So now I know I have roughly... 200 pro-cut orange sunflowers that should be blooming July 14th based on this list. And that's how I can keep track of all of my succession plantings. So then you have all these charts. And again, you can go through. It's up to you. I don't think I'm going to actually transplant this actual list individually as to-do lists. Maybe I'll like color categorize them, highlight them. These are the ones that need to be transplanted, you know, 12 weeks, this many weeks and put them in order of the date so that I can keep track of when I'm planting my seeds trays. Now, you guys know that I buy plugs for the most part, but never say never. We'll see. I think I'm still going to do the status because I haven't found. There are just some plug varieties that I like to grow. There are colors that I like to grow that just aren't available. So you get more variety when you do seeds. And I do have a whole podcast episode called you know, seeds versus plugs, what's better for you. And so you can go back and listen to that episode if you want here within the podcast. But those those charts, I think, are going to be more than sufficient for whatever you might need to keep track of. And then I have garden plotting. I have 12 pages. It's dotted squares for free drawing, whatever you want. I think there's, if I had to count, probably like 30 by 50 dots on here. So it's like each dot could be a foot or whatever it ends up being. There is plenty of room. You can write as big or small as you need for plotting out what your garden looks like. I mean, you guys know I sell, I grow thousands of bouquets and I have, you know, 19 rows in my U-Pick section. I have two high tunnels. There will definitely be enough room for me to have this all in here. So if I have room, you will have room. And then I have 14 brain dumps. At the end of section one, uh, not at the end, we're not at the end yet. There's still a lot of planning to do. But so a brain dump is basically getting everything off of your mind that you have to do. So my intention was I made 12 of them, one for each month, or honestly, I might use two of them a month during my busiest months. So April through October. And there is a list and it literally it's labeled, it's prompted exactly what you need. But I have the big list. And so you you take the 25 things that are on your mind for that month or that week, and you just need to prioritize things, get them figured out. 
And then I have three boxes on the right. So the most important three, the easiest three, and the next three. So that just helps you take things off of your plate. I actually have another podcast episode called Productivity Tips, and I talk about how I use a midweek brain dump in my personal and professional life. Just it all crosses over and I just get everything off of my mind. Like, because let's face it, as a mom, you cannot shut off work while or you cannot shut off your home life while you're at work and a lot of times vice versa. And so it's just a good way. Sometimes my brain dump includes buying a birthday gift for, you know, whatever. It's buying a teacher gift. It's scheduling a dentist appointment for my kids. It's, you know, scheduling something for myself. It's going shopping because my kid has outgrown her shoes again, whatever it might be. Or it's, you know, related to the farm. It's order this, do that. And so brain dumps are just a really nice way to get organized. And Again, it's it's all a planner, so it's a good way to do it, whether you're a hobby gardener or a business. And then next I have to-do lists. So I have listed out some common tasks on flower farms, and the frequency, or if you do them at all, is up to you and the needs of your farm. So while they might seem like common sense, they're often the things that we scramble to do at the last minute because we don't think of them until they need to be completed and we're rushing to complete them immediately. So for example, I know my dahlias need to be labeled before a killing frost, or I won't be able to (laughs) tell what they are once I dig them up. So whenever I hear a frost is coming and, you know, it could be mid-September, it could be mid-October in my area, I scramble to label them that, that day. So my thought is, what if I went to my schedule right now in the off season in January and go into that first week of September and in the to-do list for that week, I wrote label dahlias. And then when it gets closer, I can decide which day to actually schedule it on. But now when I look ahead at the next week, I won't be scrambling and something that I have to hurry up and react to because of frost. So I can plan out a time to label the dahlias and make the entire process just way more enjoyable. So I have examples of to-do lists on there. Fertilize crops, pull weeds, stir the compost pile, label dahlias, sanitize buckets, sanitize scissors and snips, add support netting, take inventory, weed the peonies, soil sample, add compost, pinch seed trays, propagating seed trays, pinch field crops. So I have all of those things on there with a little checkbox. You can go and put them in to a week if you need to do them. Honestly, like my peonies, for example, I am a little bit worried about how they're going to do because we had some really deep rooted like crabgrass and really deep dandelion roots within them, like intertangled. And we did our best to try to pick them or try to cut them out like with the hori hori knives this fall. But I know that we need to stay on top of them. And then I'm going to use preen or a pre-emergent to stay on top of them next year. And I promised Brent, my fiance, flower farmer fiance, that I would do this. So for me, June 1st, June 10th and June 20th, I'm putting in there weed peonies, add preen. I won't have to add preen every single time, but just those things that it's like, I know I need to do it or fertilize ranunculus or fertilize snapdragons or add the netting, you know, to the lysianthus before they get too tall. Like I know that I need to do that around June 10th. So just put that in the schedule ahead of time. And then there's a huge blank section for you to add on your to-do list. So then go into section two and schedule everything that's in there. Schedule the transplant dates, schedule the succession plantings, put it all in the to-do list of that specific week in that box so that when it approaches, it then you can give it a specific day. So you know you need to do it roughly that week or that month, but then you can assign it an actual day because the calendar has 
it's Monday through Sunday set up. So you can give it an actual day that week. So I'm not saying like go on June 10th. And now you know that on June 10th, 2024, you are pulling peonies. And you know, if that shows up on your calendar and you have a dentist appointment and you say, nope, I can't, I got to pull peony weeds. No, that's not what I said. But you know, you need to do them roughly that week. Otherwise you're going to put it off. And then now all of a sudden your weeds are to your knees and they're getting overrun. And maybe some of you are laughing because you're like, I don't pull the weeds in my peonies. I have a thousand peonies. I would love to not do it, but they're in my you pick section and I don't want them to be ugly. So yeah. And then I've got a couple pages on sections of ordering inventory. So each with a place to put a title with about, you know, 10 lines below it. So there's a category. So for example, on my farm, I know I need to order tulips in May, ranunculus in June, more peonies in June, plugs in October, seeds in November. You know, some of you might need to reserve a truckload of compost in August or, you know, simply put order tulips on a week early in May or order plugs on a week, you know, mid-October. Whatever that might be, put your put your inventory to-do list on there. And I have got a couple pages on different section, each with a title and about 10 lines below it. So you can title them however you need to, um, whatever that category might be. And then I've also got a big end of season to-do list to, for, or, for, to order and to do. So, you know, for example, take inventory. So end of season. So take inventory and replenish your supplies before you put them away for the year. And by the way, these things that I'm reading, these are actually in the planner. They're actually in the journal on there. They are prompts to give you examples and remind you what to do. Okay. So if you're like, how do I remember this? This isn't going to be useful to me. It's all in there. It's very self-explanatory. Like literally, I feel like this is going to teach you how to be a flower farmer if you need it. But things like take inventory and replenish supplies before you put them away for the year. So did half of your snips leave with your U-pickers? Order replacements now instead of waiting until next year. Did you use all of your Dahlia tags? Order new ones now so that you have them when you need them next year. These are all things that if we did this, if we actually did this, think how much easier life would be. You know, if it's like, oh, yep, I meant to order them last year, but I didn't. And now I don't have them. And now I'm waiting on them. So and then I also have a preseason to order and to do list, which is essentially a chance to ensure a smoother start for the next year. And maybe you guys use these sections. Maybe you don't. They're only a page or two. And that's okay. If you don't fill out every single page of this journal in detail, that's fine. And then the last list was I included a pretty lengthy business to-do list. And these are just examples of commonly completed tasks in my business or business what I teach in my Petaling Perishable Products course to the flower farmers or product-based businesses. So I suggest writing them in pencil well in advance. And as the dates approach, they're more of a reminder than a strict date to follow. So marketing. Every other week in the to-do list in within your weekly calendars within section two, you can write, you know, send an email newsletter or whatever frequency you choose. I am going to put, you know, pay quarterly sales tax on the first of the month when I need to because I know it's due the 20th. Payroll submissions. So go through, every, I'm going to go through every other week and remind myself to add up the hours. So every other Wednesday, like it's payroll, it's payroll because that doesn't change. And so I might as well put that in the calendar now. I'm going to remind myself to update the website. I'm going to remind myself to, you know, tentative dates when I know offerings will be throughout the season. 
so that I remind myself to add them to the website or whatever. I'm going to remind myself to send thank yous to customers, you know, go through and add it to the schedule, just a real reminder so that those things don't get missed because those are the things that I want to be doing. I just don't always have time. And then there's, of course, a blank spot to add a few of your own. And then we go to section two. So in this section, you implement the plans from section one and record notes each week. So it's essentially, this is going to be very similar to your blank monthly calendar followed by weekly calendar. A lot of people, that's what this is. And so I suggest you find a routine and stick to it. So Sunday mornings, every Sunday while you're sipping coffee, just open up that week and fill it out. Friday night when you're having a glass of wine or a bowl of ice cream, Tuesday night, while your kid is playing t-ball, you're going to thank yourself in the off season for every single note that you take and trying to make it something that you enjoy doing so that you can reflect on it and make those changes. So there's a monthly calendar followed by each week available for individual scheduling. And each week has its own to-do list space and a space for taking notes and another blank box for you to customize. Okay. So you've already gone through and given yourself a to-do list of rough tasks that you know ahead of time that you need to do during that time of year. But now you can go through and customize it and actually assign it a date. So I also have at the beginning of the calendar in section two, I have ways to use your calendar. So suggestions for important dates to mark as they occur. So your last frost, your first frost, when flowers bloom. I have some blank lines so that you can write your own. If you're like, nope, I really want to make sure that I keep track of those specific things within the monthly calendar. And then each calendar has three boxes. Each weekly calendar has three boxes. So it's it's got seven boxes. So it's got seven boxes, one for each day that are that go up and down the page, but then to the right, they have small little square boxes. So each day has its own box, plus there's three additional boxes One is a to-do list. One is that you already filled in a lot of it, but you can keep filling in more things. One is a notes section and one is a blank box. So for the notes section, what I want you to do every week during your reflection time, your Sunday morning coffee or your Tuesday during T-ball, just go through and jot down notes for the week. Here's some examples. And again, I put all of these in the journal. So you have these to read. So honestly, if you're taking notes on any of this or you're listening to this, like, oh, this is good. Like it's all in there. Like if you buy the journal, it's all in there. All of these things are in there. So grow fewer yellow flowers. Nobody picks them at you. You picks two layers of netting on Lysianthus next year. Snapdragon started blooming this week. We need more filler that blooms this week, this month. Less zinnias. How many a la carte bouquets did you sell? Color schemes that customers picked out for this time of summer. Just write, you know, forgot to write, forgot to turn on the grow lights. Next year, remember to use a timer. I need extra help for planting tulips next year. I use the last of the garden snaples. Make sure to order more. Don't let the peonies get so many weeds before pulling. No more mixes. It makes picking and bouquet making a disaster. Pinch the amaranth. How often, you know, did you close the high tunnel or whatever? Those are all ideas of notes to jot down. And those are, you know, prompts and there's lines, but then there's also a blank box. And again, you can use this however you want. Some suggestions I have are you could use it to track employee or volunteer or your own hours. That way you can reflect next year on how much help you actually need each month. You can track rainfall. You can track temperatures, weather, weather patterns, whatever it might be. 
You can track those annual expenses. That's how I think I'm going to use it. That at the end of the year, you know how to budget for them each month. So for example, I pay my workman's comp insurance in July because that's an annual expense for me. I pay my website fee in August. That's an annual expense for me. Um, These might be things that I easily forget because they're not recurring monthly expenses, but they might be big, they might be small, but they still need to be remembered. And so that's my ideas for the blank box. So that's section two is the calendar. And it's that'll take you 52 weeks to fill out because you're doing it as you go. Even though a lot of the planning was done in section one, you still every single week open up section two. So this book is 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 meant to be used. So now in section three, this is kind of where you reflect on the notes from all year long. I also have a specific flower tracker that I put in section three, and I debated where to put this, if it belonged in section two or not. But I think section three is the perfect place for it because it really is used for planning next year. So you will use section three throughout the year a little bit, or you can use your notes from the calendar. But in each column, so there are 50 different charts, so you can have 50 different flowers. And again, it you don't necessarily need all the different colors of snapdragons you have. You could just write snapdragons. You don't necessarily need all the, you know, you could maybe write the variety, but not necessarily the color because the colors are probably blooming roughly the same time. But so there's 50 charts. And if you have them, there's, there's probably room. There's, there's 50 of these. So there are 12 columns, each labeled with a month, and there's three rows on the left. So if you think of a chart going left to right, January through December, on the left, you title it by flower. So sow, plant, cut. So for example, for me, on the top, flower slash plant, I would write snapdragons. And then there's room for either a specific date or just an X in the box. So for me, I would write under so I would put an X on February or write February 15th or whatever. Plant, I would put an X in May. And cut, I would put an X like For me, I'm going to use this like a colored pencil and basically color in the last half of the color box of June, all of July, maybe beginning of August, and then I'll do it again like mid-September because I really don't have any usable Snapdragons that I can reliably use for subscriptions. I mean, there's always one or two blooming, but not, not consistently like from about August 10th till September 15th or so until it cools down again and the nights start getting longer. So there is room, like I said, to put a specific date or you can X in the box or you could just like color in half the box to indicate like the second half of the month. But it's so valuable if you meet with, you know, say a bride or someone that wants something specific and they're like, well, when do you have Orlia? And you're like, well, I have it in June. But then you're like, well, do I have it June 1st or do I have it June 25th? I can't really remember. You can put it in there and have it specific as you want. So I think this flower tracker is so important to know what you have when, because otherwise it's it's so hard to remember when things actually bloom. And then you can reflect on it year to year and like, is this normal? Was that early? Was that late? I don't remember. So then the next part of section three, I have four pages of expense trackers. So date, description, category, and amount. So if you're a farmer and there's enough room to put... I don't know, a hundred different things. So if you're a farmer, you can memorize those categories in your schedule F for your accountant and he will thank you because I put the category on there so you can put exactly what it is under your schedule F for your taxes. And if you don't know what that means, you should probably take my Pedaling Perishable Products course. So anyway, (laughs) I've also got four savings trackers in there, 
with a deposit date and amount so that, you know, if you're saving up for drip irrigation or whatever, you can put the, you know, what your savings for and the total. And then it's got 10 different columns to write the amount. And then it's actually just like a little mason jar divided into 10 parts. And for every single deposit, you can color it. I don't know. I think those things are really cute. A lot of people sell flowers at a roadside stand simply to pay for seeds for next year. So now you know your goal and your amount and where you're doing. So that is section three. Section four, honestly, you can look at it two ways. It's a bunch of grids and lines that you can use as you want for planning for next year. Or because this journal is incredibly useful on its own. You do not need any additional instructions or resources. But if you want extra help, I have created a course on using it to its fullest so that you can grow what you actually need. So it's essentially me walking walking you through how I plan for my subscriptions and have enough flowers to sell roughly 200 to 300 bouquets every single week all summer long without throwing tons in the compost bins. I have tried to decide, like, do I do a course on how I do my subscriptions? But honestly, I think that that information is pretty saturated and it's already kind of been there, done that. People understand how a flower subscription works and people aren't worried about selling it or pricing it or putting it on their website or those details, but they are worried about how they're going to have enough flowers. And so if you need more guidance, we offer an online course for crop planning that helps you use this journal, workbook, planner, book to its fullest. So at Sunny Mary Meadow, like I said, we sell that amount from you know early May through mid-October. Um, we sell about 5,000 bouquets a year, but we're really intentional about what and how much we grow because we know that not enough is stressful, but too much is a waste of not only money, but our most precious resource, which is time. So we don't ha- want half of our flowers to go to the compost bin after we've spent, you know, money on the seeds, plugs, fertilize them, you know, spend extra time pulling weeds, staking them, picking them or deadheading them and possibly even arranging them to just throwing them away. So growing the wrong things or too much of something is one of the easiest and quickest inefficiencies to fix. It just takes planning. So if you are interested in this supplemental course, because again, That's the biggest fear in so many subscriptions that I have heard is that people are like, well, how do I know if I'm going to have enough? How do I know what to have? And it's been trial and error. Trust me, there's been times, I mean, last year I had to buy flowers from someone else because I didn't have enough. Not that I misplanned. It was literally just the demand was higher than I thought it was going to be. And so I, I pivoted. But now like we grew exactly as much as we predicted that we needed. We just needed more than we predicted, which is a great problem to have. But if you go to my course, sunnymarymeadowcoaching.com slash courses, or just click on this show notes, it's right in there, but it's called crop planning for your flower farm. So if you need more resources about growing cut flowers, you know, I'm always here for the most part. My episodes, I try to just tell you all about the growing part for free. Like I'm just, that's what this podcast all is. I give little tidbits on how I sell them, little just easy things that you can implement them. I don't want everyone to have to pay for everything that I, you know, that I do. But then my Peddling Perishable Products course, my courses that I teach that I really can't just give a surface level answer or you're not going to be successful. So I really do invest the time in properly, you know, making sure that there's follow up and, you know, for people that have done my courses, like if they send me an email and they have a question, like, yep, that's going to get prioritized toward the top. 
So if you need any extra help, you know, it's there. You know, if you don't need any extra help, no big deal. That's fine. So that is the journal. And then actually we are offering this in two ways at the time of publication. So one is on Amazon and I will put that link in the show notes. And the other way is actually we found a print on demand site to do this. They will print it off and they will mail it to you in loose leaf paper with like a three hole punch so that you can put it directly into a binder. There were a lot of people that requested that. I prefer the journal. I made the journal because I think it's useful. I do think there will be plenty of room. But if you want the three hole punch option, then that is also in the show notes. And it's another Minnesota based company. It's another small business. There are, you know, costs that go into all these things. So we looked at doing the ebook option and just the way we have to upgrade them, update them and format them and the copyright. And it just that's not the route we wanted to go for now. Um, so there are two options for how you can do the crop planning journal, but yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed this. And like I said, if you, if you're like, well, I'm not going to buy a journal and this whole thing was a sales pitch for the journal. Uh, like I, I didn't mean this to be a sales pitch. I really didn't. I hope that you can take some of these things and just keep it for your own note taking. But for the most part, this was for people that need to find a better way to document and record and plan. So thank you guys so much for listening. And if you do end up buying the journal, please, please, please take a picture and tag me on social media. I want to know where it went. I want to know what farm it ended up on. And I want feedback. So email me, Liz at SunnyMaryMeadow.com. Just send me an email. Let me know how it is. And then, oh, I forgot to mention this. If you do buy the journal at the very end um, or at the start of section four, there is a little prompt to tell you, send it. It tells you what to do, but you will get 25% off of the course. So, and it's not that expensive, but for, as the thank you for buying the journal, we basically give you, basically give you the amount that the journal cost back. So you basically get the journal for free if you end up buying the course. So yeah. So the course is a hundred bucks and the journal is $28. So you get 25% off. So I guess technically you only get $25 back. But you get $25 or 25% off for purchasing the course. If you do the cut flower journal, there's instructions in there of what to say and the secret password to get the link. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. If you do end up buying it, using it, I want to hear from you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Sunny Mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. Flowers, flowers, we love flowers. Sunny Mary Meadow, they smell so good. Sunnymarymeadow.com. <laughs>